You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Heat Nation. I'm David Amell, the host of Locked On Heat, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Please make sure to follow the show if you haven't already, wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Our exit interview series continues, where guests and I break down each player's strengths and weaknesses and look ahead at what happens next. Really great conversations that I've enjoyed, and I think you will too, so make sure to check those out if you haven't already. To help me out on today's show is a contributor to Miami Heat Beat, the host of the Weird Alf pregame show, a Heat Twitter legend, it's Jack Alfonso. <laughs> How are I, you, Jack? You're the first to call me a Heat Twitter legend, but I'll take it. I mean, and run you, with you, it. Yeah, you, <laughs> it feels like you've been there forever. I think you set the tone. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I've I been think there it's for fair. a while. <laughs> if, <laughs> if tenure is the only qualifying factor, then yeah, absolutely. Heat legend. Hell, it works for most academics. Why not? And Heat Twitter, too. I, I think that's it's right. Yeah. You've been around long enough. Basically why not? You get thing. your own parking space. So it's good. Um, yeah, we're here to talk about Victor Oladipo uh, because it's uh, a tricky situation. I, you know, I wanted to talk to this. I wanted to talk to you about this specifically because I know you are a fan of Victor's uh, dating back to his time in Indiana. But I also was curious uh, on your take on the conversation around Oladipo because unfortunately, after just four games played with the Miami Heat and given his history of injury and the fact that well, some fans, especially as the playoffs neared and the fact that Miami was slowly getting eliminated by the Milwaukee Bucks, it seemed like they needed something. And there was this conversation about Oladipo that he was purposely sitting out and not playing, that he should have pushed himself through injury and everything else. And it's just become a really toxic conversation. And I was just curious, what where's your what is your stance on Victor and uh, what happened last season at the end of last season? Well, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll preface everything we say from this point to say Victor Oladipo is one of my favorite basketball players ever. Just point blank. I'm a huge Indiana Hoosiers fan. He's one of the great Indiana Hoosiers. Great Tom Crean guard. Love Tom Crean. That being said, really loved the trade for him. Obviously, it didn't pan out. This was always a risk with him. I think anybody who's talking about him, I guess, not wanting to play in the playoffs, is that's absurd. This is, I think, in two years, this is his second quadricep surgery. Right. So, I I mean, I I don't even know what to say to those people because it's just so patently absurd. The question is not whether he would have been able to play in the playoffs. The question is if he's ever going to get back to what he was. And that's my concern with him. And I guess we can get into that. But I didn't think there was any chance of him playing in the playoffs. Um, I know there were early reports that said there was a chance he didn't even play like for the large part of next year, mm -hmm. I think um, ESPN and Woj reported that things are a little more optimistic, that the quadricep surgery went really well, that they did things that they didn't do on the last surgery that leave them optimistic that he will recover and, you know, kind of get back to himself, you know, what he was like in Indiana, that one season where he was just blowing up. I don't think he'll ever get back to that, but the point is, um, as a fan of basketball, as a fan of Victor Oladipo, I'm going to be glad just to see him get on a court consistently at all for the rest of his career. Not, you know, the idea of him playing in the playoffs last year is totally irrelevant to me. I don't think it would have made a difference either way. 
Um, it was very clear they were not winning that Buck series. And beyond that, they weren't going to beat, um, you know, given how this Hawks team looks, I don't think they would have beat them either. So, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, I had made the point when I was uh, engaging Buck's Twitter, unfortunately, and talking about the fact that I think Oladipo would have made a difference. I mean, I just don't think, I don't think Holiday would have gone off the way he did. I don't think Bryn Forbes would have had those wide open looks just, just because Oladipo from the day he set foot in Miami was instantly Miami's best backcourt guard. As far as defense is concerned, like he, I mean, nobody else can go on Kendrick Nunn, Tyler, any of them could compare to what Oladipo brings uh, defensively. And so I thought he would have been yeah. some kind of an upgrade there. I mean, again, not, not to rely on him, not necessarily even to change uh, you know, fa- the favor and you know, for Miami or anything like that, but it would have been nice to see him out there. Uh, also, just to my earlier point, I, I think I-, I made the point that even if he could have come back, why would he risk that? You know, why would he yeah. risk his whole future, everything that he's kind of just he- like the past few years have led him to up to this point where he's turned down tens of millions of dollars because he banked on himself and unfortunately he's lost. Why would he risk that just for the opportunity to rush back from an injury that could be further aggravated and then take him away from the game, possibly force him into retirement at an early age? That's I I, I was 100 percent in agreement that he should have set it out, even if there was a chance that he could have come back. And I think that's pretty much debunked. I don't think there's any possibility that he could have possibly uh, come back in any way, shape or form for Miami. But. Let's let's look at the four games because we could look at what happened in Houston, but that was a very different scenario than even his experiences in Miami. We could go back to even further to what happened in Indiana, and we've got a sample. We understand what player Depot is. He can create off the ball, very quick with a dribble, good defender, switchable to some degree there, even though he's somewhat undersized, uh, athletic still, even with the the ongoing leg injuries. Uh, just great instincts for the ball, I think, especially defensively. Uh, one of the top leaders in the NBA in terms of deflections and things of that sort. But even in Miami, I, I think all of those things were in display. Unfortunately, the shot wasn't following during the first couple of games that he spent with the Heat, even though they wound up being two uh, wins for the team. But in the last two games, he started showing incremental growth. And by his last game, his fourth game with the Lake against the Lakers, a win for Miami, that was his best game in a Miami Heat uniform, and he looked like a really solid contributor, a guy who could really make an impact for this team. I, I do agree with your earlier point that, yeah, I think Oladipo would have made a huge difference for this team. I don't think he was the perfect fit for them. Uh, you know, I think they do need a true point guard. But, mm-hmm. you know, just on the defensive end, he solved so many of their issues, and it was very clear how many of Miami's issues were just down to having somebody in that guard spot who could operate competently on either end. And there is something to be said about, you know, just taking the wind out of their sails once that injury happened. So I guess I do kind of agree with you that it might've made a difference in the buck series. Um, And yeah, part of the huge frustration with Depot's very short heat tenure is that he looked good. He solved a lot of their issues Mm -hmm. and it seemed like he was getting his feet under him just as he got injured. And it's just kind of, I don't want to relitigate the trade because I think they had to make it. I still think it was a good move. As critical as I've been of the Heat front office, I I think they made bad moves in the offseason. I think they made really, really good moves in the midseason. It just wasn't enough. And the thing with Depot was, you can say Kelly Olynyk, you know, really helped this team. He did. Kelly's a really great player, but Depot was clearly worth the risk. And... 
it just didn't pan out. And frankly, that sucks. But, you know, it was clear that the math was correct, right? The, yep. the logic behind it was correct. You I saw haven't seen it any even of when that. he wasn't playing well. I haven't seen any of that. Are people debating whether or not it was a bad move to trade Kelly Olenek because maybe he would have been a factor against the Bucks? I think here and there people said stuff. I, I think I just preemptively am defensive about it because I kind of, when they made the trade, I think everybody knew this was a possibility, right? He right. was had the injury issues before this. It was clear that he wasn't very consistently available and you were banking on him to have health. Yeah. Um, I still think... You know, you they made that move knowing that this was a very real possibility. And it, it stinks that this is the way it turned out. Um, luckily, I don't think there has been a big uproar about people condemning the trade. I think people have had their negative energy focused elsewhere. There's yeah. plenty of ways to point your negative energy with this, this year's Heat team. And I think yeah. you guys talked about it. You talked about it with Tiff kind of on their, like, maybe off-season mistakes specifically regarding the guard position yeah. and how that just set everybody up for failure. Goron um, didn't set up hero well. And then Depot was, you know, a guy who they got to fix it. And it just, you know, was not a lasting solution. So what's the best case scenario here to kind of stick to something positive? What is the best case to maximize? Let's say, let's just even forget the contract situation or the health situation, even just what Oladipo brings to the table. What's a perfect complementary player to maximize what Oladipo can bring to the table? Do you mean in general or with yes. the Heat? With well, with the Heat, yeah, specifically. I, I think you've got assuming the lineup had moved forward the way it had with with Oladipo in that starting lineup, Jimmy Duncan, Bam, etc. Uh, who was he, he? He was playing as a starting guard, right? It was him and Duncan in the starting backcourt, and then Ariza, I think, had just been added. So I, I mean, that was the lineup, but. It didn't seem like that would have made a lot of sense moving forward. I think you still need, as you said, can he be the starting quote unquote point guard on that team? Um, I think he can. I don't think he should be if you want to maximize Bam. Mm -hmm. um, I think we're seeing, I don't know. I've been really loving the Suns in these playoffs. Yeah. Um, but, I, and I had somebody in my mentions the other day. I don't think this is a popular take, but somebody said Aiton's better than Bam. I think if you switch Aiton with Bam, Suns are in the same spot. The Heat probably don't make the playoffs because, I mean, Aiden's an incredible role man, but they have people to get it to him on the role. Right. Um, Bam does not have that. And I don't think Depot is a bad player in that regard, but I don't think he's the solution in that regard either. He's just not a point guard. Um, he's also, as you mentioned up top, a really good off-ball player. He's a kind of a so so shooter but off ball he's a very you know solid three-point shooter um and helps you there kyle lowry's been the name that gets floated a lot i definitely and you know that was the original i guess conception you know if they were able to pull off that kyle lowry trade was right. have both of them that was my uh perception of how that trade deadline went and i think that would be great you know you have lowry to handle the ball you have bam and Jimmy to handle the ball. And then, you know, Depot can kind of attack sometimes, but is mostly, you know, somebody who's creating havoc on defense, you know, spotting up for three, cutting, um, and, you know, not being asked to run your offense because I just don't think that's ever been his ballywick. I don't think that's going to be going forward. And I, I think 
in the coming years with the Heat, I think my biggest priority is getting somebody who can allow Bam to operate more as a big, less as a point guard, and allow Jimmy to operate less as a leading scorer and leading offensive contributor because I don't think that's going to be conducive to him aging gracefully. So, Fair enough. Yeah, oh, that's a yeah. good point. Well, we'll talk more about the negative aspects of victory season next before breaking down what's uh, what's in the future for him and the Miami Heat. You're listening to Locked on Heat. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet in all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online, but there's tons of sports action with the start of the new WNBA season. Of course, the NBA playoffs, the NHL, and so much more. Head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news and so much more. Don't sit on the sidelines. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the finals. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on. Miami Heat are out of the playoffs, but the road to the finals still continues, and our coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it, and at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, we can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. One of the things that we couldn't enjoy, however, was the four games that Victor Oladipo played with Miami. Unfortunately, just the four games. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to pinpoint anything egregiously negative about Victor's tenure here. We would have liked him to be a little bit more potent scoring, but I don't think we ever, I don't think there was ever the expectation that he was going to carry this huge load offensively. I think it was mostly something that was brought in because of Miami's backcourt defensive issues and the fact that Victor would have shored up a lot of those. I mean, even the fact that they were able to move Avery Bradley for him, I mean, Bradley being seen as the guy who was your quote unquote defensive stopper as a guard, uh, and the fact that you would replace him with an actual better defensive player in Oladipo made a lot of sense. But I guess the overall issue then is what what happens next with a Victor Oladipo? Because you, you we've seen four seasons now, ever since his extension kicked into place in 2017, and he's just missed so many games over that stretch. I, I mean, just looking at the numbers, it's, it's unbearable there to, to think about how much time he's lost during what should have been the peak of, of a brilliant career. And I just wonder whether or not we'll ever start to see a, a similar version of Oladipo than what we saw during that all-star season a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I think I read something from Woj with his uh, surgeon Glash yeah. now, I yeah. think is his name about uh, how he had looked at the last surgery that Depot had had and it just, I guess the, I'm not a doctor. The quad wasn't like fully connected or something. Right. It just, yeah, he, he said, and was, he said that quote, he said he was marveling at the fact that he could even play despite the fact that that tendon wasn't connected. And so they did something a little different in the surgery that he thinks will lend itself to restoring Victor's abilities uh, that, that he should be out on the court by as soon as November, which is a pretty optimistic, I think, evaluation. Yeah. And I think, you know, if, if you're telling me that, everything went wrong the first time and now they've solved that issue. Yep. That's encouraging to me again, not a doctor do not know what I'm talking about here, but <laughs> you know, just based on that information and I got to trust the doctor because again, don't know anything. Um, I would hope, you know, I trust his work ethic. I trust him as a player. Um, I do believe, you know, I don't think he's going to get the payday he would have liked. So he has, 
at least that financial incentive that he's going to want that he's, you know, maybe he takes a one year prove it deal and comes back strong. I'm encouraged. I, I, I really wasn't encouraged when he first got injured, but news like that, um, has me hoping that he'll find some semblance of what he was. I don't think he'll ever be exactly what he was that year in Indiana. Even if he was fully healthy, I don't know how much of that was just kind of an anomalous, really good season. Um, I think even before he got injured, I was kind of expecting him to come down to earth slightly. Yes. Um, Cause he was playing out of his mind uh, that one season, but uh, I, I do have hope that he'll be kind of, you know, just below an all-star at some point again. You know, it, it's funny. One of the things that we always kind of overlook is is the strange career arcs that players go through and, and the fact that he was still able to, you know, turn into an all-star at some point. And I think we'll probably see something similar playing out in New York with Julius Randle because I, I can't I can't imagine that he'll be able to sustain the level of play he is. He might have to use your term that that this past season might've been that one anomalous year for him where I don't, I just don't think he can continue to sustain that level of playmaking and shooting and everything else, given that he just hasn't really shown that for most of his career. And it kind of mirrors Oladipo's own path. Like, I mean, I covered the Orlando team a lot. I was in Orlando a bit and living nearby in Gainesville. And so I saw Oladipo a lot there and saw what he had to go through with that magic franchise that was so aimless for so long and was constantly miscasting him and didn't really know how to build a team around him and Vucevic. And they drafted Gordon, who was hurt, and uh, Fournier. And that just, it was a bad team that has never really, they never really knew exactly what to do with Oladipo. And then he gets sent to that one year uh, in Oklahoma City, where he plays alongside Russell Westbrook. And he's basically him and Domantas Sabonis, two all stars. Uh, wind up becoming, you know, spectators to Russell's MVP campaign, where he was pushing to become the, you know, the, the second player to average a triple double over the course of a career. I mean, over a season, and so like we can't see what Oladipo is supposed to be, and then he gets traded, and I'll never forget a piece by my former co-host Wes Goldberg, who talked to his, tr- uh, who talked to Victor Oladipo's trainer here in South Florida, Mr. David Alexander of DBC Fitness, and the focus was on getting. Oladipo to train different parts of his body that had been largely ignored that they use a, a real specific way of training I can't exactly remember that the, again I too am not a doctor nor a physical therapist <laughs> or trainer so uh, I can't remember exactly what it is but they focus on special parts of his body and that helped him improve his lift that he got back to full strength he was healthy he was in great shape and he wound up having this incredible year in Indiana and then of course I think he winds up he wound up separating from DBC Fitness, and I can't, I don't know exactly what happened there. I'm not sure if there was some tension or anything like that. I'm not reporting anything. It's just speculative on my part. But then, unfortunately, he winds up getting hurt, and then that's, you know, that's where maybe that kind of adds to the tension there. So I, he, he just, I'm not sure what's next for him, and I'm not sure what has to happen. I, I had, you know, I had reported a long time ago that I thought he was interested in Miami, that there was concerns from the Indiana Pacers front office that he would wind up in Miami eventually, and, and that was pretty, you know, clearly obvious there. He always wanted to be here. I think the the connection to Dwayne Wade and everything else was a strong one for him, and, and it made a lot of sense as a player. But now we're here we've gone through this incredible career arc with Oladipo and and still we're kind of waiting for what's next with him and I just don't know that there's any clear answer there and I wonder what we can expect of Oladipo moving forward and again a lot assuming a lot of that is the injury 
I guess the 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 nuts and bolts of it is what's his best role on this team as currently comprised or I mean you were talking about it before adding a player like Oladipo that can I'm sorry a player like Lowry that can complement Oladipo makes a lot of sense there but is there a role is is I can't assume that Oladipo is going to be back to full strength even even despite the optimism from his doctor there can do you think he can embrace a bench role um, I would hope so, at least in the short term, um, because I just don't know where he could go on a, you know, on a decent team and, you know, get a starting position. But I do think, you know, your comment about him being linked to Dwayne Wade is interesting because it does sound like a lot of the stuff around this time in Dwayne Wade's career where, you know, you had questions of if he was ever going to get right again. Again, and then he kind of changed the entire way he approached training and then kind of had this beautiful couple of years towards the end of his career where he really uh, fashioned himself into a different style of player. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, part of that was Dwayne Wade embracing that six-man role. Mm-hmm. And I think Depot could really thrive in that. And with the Heat specifically – he, I think he could be a six man, but also play close to starters minutes just because he's such a defensive force. And you look at the other players that the heat have kind of at the wing and guard positions, just not defensive stalwarts, no offense to, you know, guys like Duncan Robinson, who I think has improved tremendously on that end and deserves a ton of credit. Um, and I would hope will be on the team next year, but that's a different conversation. <laughs> but the point being is I think Spo would get plenty of run out of him, even if he wasn't a bench role, just because of what he brings you on defense. I think he would want to play him and Jimmy together a lot, just because I think they would, you know, be turnover machines in a good way, you know, yeah. turnovers for the other teams. Um, so I, I do think, you know, a significant six man role would be best for him. I just don't see him in a starting lineup, especially, you know, not a bad shooter, but far from a great shooter. And in a lineup with Butler and Bam, I don't think you want to start all of them together. Right, right. I mean, that's a glaring lack of shooting in a league that kind of prioritizes that above all else. So I think uh, certainly not the the best choice there. I, I just, I wonder about that willingness to embrace that role. And, and I guess it's something that we could probably talk about more when we look at his contract and his future, because he's, he's younger than Dwayne. I mean, as much as you, you made that parallel and a, and a smart one to compare what, when Dwayne made changes to his training to kind of go back on that maintenance program after 2014 and, and really just kind of lean into the fact that he's older and he has to change the way he approaches the game. He can't do the same things as an older player that he did when he was younger. And I think Oladipo is starting to get to that point, but he's, he's not quite old enough to come to that awareness on his own. I think there's still that part of him that sees himself as the younger all-star that has so much left to give and so much left to prove that I wonder whether or not he's willing to make that sacrifice that even Maybe we'll save that for the next segment because this is this is really where the, the conversation starts to get into what happens with his contract and whether or not Miami is the best place for him to continue to show that he still has the talent and the ability to be a NBA contributor. And so Jack and I will talk about that in the next segment here on Locked on Heat. 
But let me tell you something. If you're looking for a, a snack and you want to indulge in something and, and you don't want the kind of calories that come with eating something too heavy or something that might be high in fat, then what you need is the best tasting protein bar ever. What you need is a built bar, nine delicious flavors. You can build your own box. I love this feature. You can just mix and match different flavors and you can just give them out to friends, coworkers, family members, and save a little bit for yourself as well. They're all covered in chocolate, soft, 100% covered in chocolate and easy to chew. That's it's just you don't even know you're eating a protein bar. It's more like an indulgent treat rather than anything else. But if you go to builtbar.com right now and use the promo code LOCK15, You'll get 15% off your first order. So use that promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off, but only if you go to BuiltBar.com. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with a Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Rakowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. I'm here with Jack Alfonso of Miami Heat Beat, and we're talking about Victor Oladipo, a short stint in Miami and one that could unfortunately come to an end. Uh, again, if the projections are that he will potentially be available on the court as early as November, that still seems a little optimistic for both of us, but let's assume that's what's going to happen because, again, neither of us are doctors. But there's still the, the bigger issue of a contract situation. He is an unrestricted free agent. This was a time where he envisioned himself getting paid tens of millions of dollars, uh, perhaps even a max-level contract somewhere, and that seems very, very unlikely now. Uh, and as we were talking about before the break, we had to kind of, you kind of have to figure out what his role is and whether or not he's willing to embrace that. And I have concerns that, you know, if he, we've talked about this before. Uh, I think I've mentioned this on the show before that for Oladipo, the best scenario is probably a one-on-one -on -one type deal, similar to what Dion signed in 2016, where you have that one year to go improve yourself uh, as a you know a valuable NBA commodity. And then that second year is a player option where you can go re-enter free agency in the hopes of, you know, getting paid again. But is that, is that Victor's best choice given the fact that maybe he sees himself as this is my last best chance at a payday, because who knows if he gets hurt again, the reality is that he's not going to get paid anywhere else. I think he's, he'll, he just will have to call it a career. It's, it feels Oddly similar to like Brandon Roy and, and the kind of career ending injuries that we've seen pile up over the years for certain players. What do you think is the likely outcome for, for Oladipo? Well, I mean, I'd be curious what his market value is right yeah. now, just yeah. around the league, because I don't think anybody is going to give him the contract he wants. I think, you know, he was an expiring deal um, at the time he was with Houston, but even then, I think you kind of saw around the league, he didn't have, you know, people weren't clamoring to get him on their You weren't team. trading he a superstar for, for Oladipo or anything like that. It was, it was basically, yeah. his value was, unfortunately, as a guy who maybe could provide something on the floor, but even even more as a, an expiring contract, to your point. Yeah, so, I mean, I just don't think, you know, and his value hasn't gotten higher since then. Nothing no, he did with the Heat not. raised his value. Probably got a lot lower because of the injury. Yeah. Um, so... I just don't know what kind of offer he would get. Obviously, would be significantly lower than what he was hoping for. Um, so I do think, you know, unless there's some kind of weird team out there that sees something in him, 
and wants to kind of throw the house at him, I think he he's kind of forced into a one on one and one, which is, I guess, good for the heat, not good for him. And, you know, I'm not certainly not happy about that, but I, I do think if he wants to bet on himself, if, you know, what his doctor says is true about, you know, him kind of getting back to what he was like before the first surgery, then yeah, take a one-on-one. Um, you've wanted to play with the heat for a while. Um, you know, bet on, a full year with that training staff, get your body right, um, show out as kind of a six man, maybe by the end of the year, you can be more of a starter. Um, and then, you know, kind of roll the dice from there, get a good deal. Cause you know, he's not young, but I think another year it's a risk, but I think that's the only way his only path to getting the kind of contract that he's looking for. I mean, he, he's 29. Um, yeah. So that's that's a concern. Uh, that you know, at this point, <laughs> too many players have already gone and, and looked at retirement in the face already. So uh, it's realistic. He's spent eight years in the league already. It seems like that time has flown, and of course, the last four seasons injury marred. So uh, tough to really get a good grasp on on what his future will be. Uh, I wonder. Given the fact that he's already had these recurring injuries over the last few seasons in particular, and, and that maybe he is still, despite his eight seasons in the league, somewhat of an unknown commodity, can he pass up a multi-year deal, even if it's significantly less than what he expected to get? Like if some team, let's say the Knicks or anywhere, maybe, I don't know, maybe to back up Bradley Beal in his hometown, near his hometown in Washington, D.C., and he can go there for three years, 15 million can he pass up the security of 15 million dollars knowing that maybe miami will only offer him a, a, yeah one and one for like at most i don't know five per year i can't i don't know i mean that's a tough question where, where do you think he would lean towards as far as that decision again i know it's impossible for you to speculate exactly what oladipo is thinking but it's a legitimate question and i don't know I think yeah. our listeners would want to know whether or not he would take a multi-year deal if it's offered anywhere else. I would have to text him and see what he's feeling, but um, you, you have know, that just, capacity I, to text him. <laughs> I mean, you should have done that I before wish. the show. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I again, it's all speculation, but I would say, I don't know. I feel like if you're confident in your body, take the one and one. Three, you know, three years, 15 millions, not so much that, you know, you, I, I don't think it's so much to outweigh, you know, the potential of having a good year and getting a, you know, even five, 10 million more um, cumulatively after a good year would be significant for anybody, but significant for him as well. So I, I just find it hard to believe somebody who's kind of been searching for that contract for a while accepting three years, 15 million, especially if he's confident in his future in the league. And, you know, it's kind of one of those weird things where, you know, all pro athletes do have kind of that delusional confidence in their bodies because that's what's got them there. Yeah. So, you know, I I always assume they're going to bet on their health, bet on their body, but there's also, I'm sure a level of trauma to his injury history. So, I think it it's easy to speculate about it. Um, 
but when somebody's handing him a pen and a paper and say says you're taking care of for the next three years no matter what happens to you and you're thinking about your very recent injuries and you know the past year or so in the league year or two in the league where it just has not been going for you that does probably breed some doubt and undermine some of that supreme confidence that pro athletes have in their bodies but um I, it's just hard to say. Yeah. Either no, way. I, I mean, yeah, I know. I, I, it's so tricky. Uh, and you want to quote unquote do right. But at the same time, I mean, look, it's unfortunately dehumanizing whenever we talk about players in terms of just being monetary value or contracts and things of that sort. And, and certainly you'd love to be able to, to witness five, 10 years of Oladipo. No, let's say not that's saying, but let's say five or seven more years of an Oladipo resurgence and have him be in a Miami uniform. But that just seems so impossible to envision because, because of the injuries. Like I just, I don't, I can't see a world where he'll be able to sustain a, a, a you know, have a sustainable level of health where he could be a contributor. And look, I was just adding it up right now. Career earnings of $105 million. I mean, all these numbers are so astronomical. If somebody offered you $15 million, even you, there's a possibility that you could get more. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you'd take the $15 million. I mean, that's it's 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 hard to say for, for a player like Oladipo and what his values are. And again, I don't have that kind of insight either. I think he wants to if he wants to prove himself still as an NBA player because of, like you mentioned, that irrational confidence, that the fact that you built your whole life to get to this point and now all of a sudden it was taken from you. There's still a, a burning desire to want to compete and to show everybody I'm still that all-star from a few years ago. And, and so I, I would imagine that even if that multi-year deal was presented to him, that he would probably take the chance and, and still have that one-on-one type prove-it deal. Now, will Miami offer it? I, I guess that's the big question. And a lot of that has to do with whatever transactions they do during the offseason. A lot of debate, even as we're recording this, uh, some local reporters speculating that Tyler Hero is basically on his way out the door. I'm not so convinced, as I said in yesterday's podcast. Uh, I, I don't, I think Miami leans into having him be if not necessarily a core piece of their rotation moving forward, as Pat Riley said, but at least a, a piece, you know, somebody that they cannot just pass up uh, given that he's 21 and has shown flashes of potential there and, and talent certainly. And I think they can continue to develop those. And I, I think this third season is really, well, I'm curious. I'm, mean, you know, we're talking about all the but let's, let's switch it. What do you think about hero? Like everybody's kind of making it seem like he's this done deal when he's 21 he went through the shortest offseason in NBA history and uh, it didn't really have time to develop COVID and health and safety protocols and mismatch lineups and it being in and out of that starting rotation, all of that fucking him up <laughs> pretty consistently. And yet everybody kind of looks at him now as a 21 year deal, a 21 year old player that showed incredible potential in the playoffs a year, the season before. And now everybody seems to be done. He's washed. He's never going to live up to his potential, et cetera. Are you in that boat as well? No, I, I mean, I certainly don't think he's washed. I don't think he's a bad player. I'm in a different situation just because I never, you know, he had an incredible playoffs. I you were never a believer? See, I, I was never a believer in his star potential. Okay. I think he caps out as a really, really good six man, a la like Lou Williams. That's right. the type of player I see him as, which is a very valuable player. And I also, I'm iffy on trading him anytime soon just because I do think he's at the nadir of his value um, 
And if you just wait till the trade deadline, you know, he's probably not going to get COVID again, fingers crossed. Um, hopefully there's more consistency in the lineups than there was last year. Um, and just hopefully, you know, I, as you kind of mentioned, kind of a shit storm just brewing around him all last year, a, a litany of circumstances that kind of came together to fight against him, his development, right? Like yep. it just, it's hard to judge his sophomore season because it was hardly a sophomore season. It was, you know, basically an extension of his rookie season just because there was no off season. So hmm. I have confidence that he'll improve. Um, I, I think the heat are higher on him than I am. I think a lot of people are higher on him than I am. Um, but you know, I think even as bad as everybody says he was last year, he put up whatever numbers he put up fine numbers. It sure. wasn't like it was a bad season. <laughs> it, it, it was not a good season. It was just, it was fine. It was whatever. And given the circumstances, I think that's all you can ask of him. I, I'm pretty confident that we'll see a pretty surprisingly good year from him next year. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I'm confident in him going into next year. It's, he seems like a worker. I'm, I mean, that's why the Heat value him, right? It's certainly right. not his physical qualities. It's that he's um, got the mentality that they like, that he's got the work ethic that they like. And I think Jimmy's expounded on that more than anybody about right. how Tyler will be in the gym, you know, at the same time as Jimmy. And that's crazy because Jimmy's at the gym. Um, perpetually. You know, he's perpetually, yeah. He lives so, there, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so can you afford to keep Tyler, Victor, and Goron? And I think that's a big question there. I, I, I think there's a possibility that they would want to keep all three of them. I assume that Kendrick's probably much more likely to chase the bag elsewhere. So that's why I don't include him in that. And I guess the question is also who else can you add to that group already? Because you're going to need somebody a la Lowry or somebody that can provide some kind of defensive presence uh and and, and consistent scoring too and playmaking because uh, even though Oladipo can bring those he's still too much of an x factor can you afford to keep those three though however I don't think so I just think you know you talked about it with Tiff I would love to keep Goron I think Goron is a special player in Heat history I think he's you know as important to the Heat in the last decade as any single player. Um, I think he's incredible, but I don't think we're ever going to see what he was the past five years. I think um, he's just on that downslope. And we talked about right. that last year during these exit interviews, that it just this was the beginning of the end for him. Um, yep. So, yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he can keep all of them as sad as that's, that is. And then, I mean, you haven't mentioned Duncan, who's also up for a contract. I think I think they have to pay Duncan whatever he wants. And I don't really care about who who that gets in the way of. Um, just if I'm if I'm the heat front office and I'm looking at it with just cold eyes, I'm saying Duncan obviously earned whatever he wants from us. I'm gonna give that to him. Anything else is secondary. Yeah. And if you have Duncan on the team. I don't think you can then have Depot, Hero, and Goron on the team all together. Um, I just don't think that roster makeup makes sense. I think, again, you don't have the point guard you need. Um, so I, I just don't see it as tenable going forward. So let's, let's uh, expand that line of thinking a little bit. You've got Duncan, 
Kendrick, Goron, Tyler, and Victor. Five players, all of which are, well, limited, right? I mean, Oladipo, probably the best two-way player of all of them. But again, given his injuries, you're not sure what you're going to get from him. So rank those in terms of what you would prefer keeping if you were the Miami Heat front office. Duncan would be first for you, I assume. Duncan's first, I guess Hero's second just because of the rookie deal and he's probably their best asset. Right. Um, beyond that, I mean, Depot's the better player, but it's, I just have a sentimental attachment to Goron being on the Heat that, you know, I have a sentimental attachment to Depot as well, but he could play anywhere and I, you know, I'd be fine with that. Right. Um, I, I think Depot's the better player. I, I think probably Goron. I don't know. It it it's really hurts me to say, but I do think um, you know if the Mavs or somebody values him, then sorry. I I think he, it's time for them to part ways. I just don't see his future on the Heat, um, given their roster makeup, given his age, given that recent injury. He just is not the same player. Um, obviously, there's a locker room factor that I am not privy to, but I can assume he's very important to, you know, obviously Jimmy, but probably to the other players as well. He's obviously an incredible person, a hard-nosed player, the kind of player the Heat love. He's, um, you know, one of the, you know, people in the pantheon of Heat culture, I think. Mm -hmm. So there's just that element that's hard to distangle from everything else, and Depot just doesn't have that Right. That built up equity relationship with the heat. And right. I guess at the top of this episode, you mentioned um, heat fans kind of being mad that he didn't play in the playoffs. I'm obviously an outsider on this. I'm not in the locker room. I'm not a credentialed reporter. I got some impression that the heat organization was not super thrilled about it either. Um, and that might be an unfair thing to say, but I, I just don't know how they feel about Depot as a player, given the fact that they did bet on him in some regard and it didn't pan out. So that might've soured them on him completely. Yeah. I, I think, you know, again, we're getting into some tricky waters here, but uh, there's the feeling, I think that perhaps the injury wasn't quite that there was no real injury there that for Oladipo, similarly yeah. to what we saw from justice Winslow, his uh, description of it, just not feeling right. Doesn't mean anything. That if the doctor, like if the doctor said the surgeon who performed that second surgery said it wasn't attached anyway, and you've been able to play through it, why not just continue to play through it? But I think the Heat as an organization has kind of pushed players through injury in an unfortunate way. And I think that there should be more, more uh, brushback from players and fans. But there's this whole part of us as fans, uh, a fandom in general that says, players should always fight through injuries and if there's something gritty about it that, you know, sacrificing a limb so that you could get that one extra basket or whatever. So I, I just, it's an unfortunate topic of conversation that I don't think there's any kind of clarity or, or anything on uh, as far as what the heat front office viewed from Victor or not. But I think to your bigger point though, it looks like they're going to have to start playing some real hardball and making some cold decisions that, that kind of, separate themselves from what fans would want or even people who have like an emotional tie to certain players and given i think they'll play hardball with over with, with goron and they'll be first of all they're not going to excise that option unless they plan yeah. on trading him 
And I just don't see any team that would say, yeah, we want a 35-year-old at almost $20 million a year. So I think they're going to play hardball with Goran. And I think they're going to play hardball with Oladipo. And, and they'll tell him straight up, look, you know, we'll, we'll give you the, the cheap deal. You got one and one. If, the, if you make good on it, we'll, we'll see what happens next year. But if you get a better deal that you want to take, take it. And, uh, and say la vie, I think they'll let him go pretty easily. And, I mean, similarly with Kendrick as well, because just, just, they can't keep relying on players. I think internally there's such a pressure on them to bring that title to maximize Jimmy's peak to capitalize on BAM's all-star ascendancy and everything else that you want to be able to do something sooner rather than later, you can't continue to waste time. Like, I think that I've talked about this before. The timeline has been all over the place. Like you bring in Jimmy and you get much better than they expected to internally, much more quickly than they expected to. Like they thought that they would get to this point in year two, right as 2021 free agency was hitting so that they could be, look at us, we're just one superstar shy of a title. Why don't you come join us? Instead, they got to that point last year when there weren't any options to bring in players in 2020. They kept waiting and pushing their chips to the side, and that kind of backfired on them. Now they may have taken a step back this past season, and there still aren't a lot of options as far as adding your superstars, but you have to do something. You have to make a change. So either they're going to wind up trading everybody or letting go of everybody that's a free agent and just saying, look, we're going to take our chances with a whole new team because we need something different. And if that's the case, I just don't see a scenario where they can afford to bring back Victor Oladipo unless he takes a really cheap one-on-one type deal. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think, um, yeah, their timelines, they're in a weird spot right now because yep. on the whole, yeah, it's a, it's a young team, but they have Jimmy and they have, a recent finals appearance that ramped up expectations astronomically. And nobody's going to forget about that anytime soon, least of all them. Yeah. Um, so they have that pressure on them, all the pressure in the world to kind of prove that, you know, this last season was the fluke, not the bubble run, um, which, you know, remains to be seen, I guess. I, I, I don't think either seasons were flukes because I don't know what that means, but, uh, I, I do think they have a pressure on them. That means they have to be kind of cold hearted with players like Goron. And then with players like Depot, again, he hasn't built up the equity, as you said, with the organization. So a little less hard to, you know, it's a little easier to make that decision with him than with Goron. Yeah. And I just think there are other guards out there. Lowry seems to want to come to Miami or he's interested in it. I, I think he's a better player than Depot significantly. Sure. Um, better than Depot, given the injury question. And then also there's, you know, his relationship with Jimmy and the fact that he's an incredible point guard and Depot's not a point guard and that they need a point guard. So there's stuff like right. that at play. So I don't, I'm really at a loss for what they're going to do this off season to kind of put them back into contention, but they're going to look for whatever possible. And I don't know if Depot is at the forefront of their mind. I think, I think you're right that they'll say, Hey, we'd love to have you back. We'd love to give you a prove it deal, but we're trying to win right now. And we don't really want to take our, our hopes to you. Right. Um, and that sounds not nice, but that's, I think that's the reality of reality yeah. of it. Right. We're, we're going to hear a lot of, uh, the business of basketball kind of cliche talk over the offseason because I think that that's just they have to make tough decisions and I think they're gonna 
They're going to unfortunately cut ties with some players like Oladipo that I, I mean, that I would have loved to have seen thrive here, but it's just, um, I mean, look, that's to say the inverse of this. If, if Oladipo had somehow managed to stay healthy and, and been able to extend his stint in Miami past those four games and had been a factor and maybe Miami goes in another semi-magical run where they at least push towards the Eastern Conference finals or something like that, they would have made good. Like we've seen this from them in the past. Like as long as you're able to perform They'll take care of you financially, but they're also at a point now where I, I think they have to make these kind of you know tough decisions. And so it may cost them an opportunity to see what Oladipo brings to the table next season. But we'll see. It's it's a, it's an interesting one. Uh, personally, I think, uh, speaking for both of us, we'd love to see him find some place where he's happy and comfortable and continues to thrive and, and will be healthy and fulfilled as an athlete and as a person because I think he is a – He's one of the good guys around the NBA, so I, I hope to see him flourish somewhere else. Jack, thank you so much for taking the time to be on today's show. Why don't you please tell my listeners where they can find you. If they don't know Heat Twitter legend Jack Alfonso by now, they should. But you've changed your Twitter handle so often that I'm sure they probably can't keep track. I'll change it back. To, it's, um, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Alfonso Hoops. Um, you can find me on Miami Heat Beat. Sometimes I'm on Hangover Time uh, on Twitch. Uh, we're not doing the pregame show right now because there's no games to do pregames for. But huh. maybe me and Frankie will start doing pregames for Dwayne Wade's The Cube, if you guys are watching that reality show. I, Me and Frankie have talked about that a little bit. Are you so breaking news we'll here? Like, is that what this is? This is amazing. I mean, I might be breaking news to the Heat Beat people as well. It's, it is not <laughs> so... Um, yeah, we'll figure out something to do in the off season to, you know, keep things going with the pregame, but Olympics um, pregame with bam. I mean, I could totally see that happening too. I gotta say, you know, this is tangential to my heat stuff. I'm not going to be watching bam at all. I am a swimming fanatic more than I'm a basketball fanatic and I'm all in on Katie Ledecky. I'm, I'm a huge Katie Ledecky fan. So maybe I'll be doing pregames for the swimming <laughs> competitions, but I'm sure we'll do have some Olympic basketball coverage as well. All kidding aside. Yeah. And yeah. So, you know, heat beat has a million members ever expanding, as you've said. Yes. And we'll, we'll keep pushing out content. You'll find me on some of those. Excellent. All right. Well, just a reminder, you can always reach me via email, just to loan me over at lockdownheat at gmail.com or via Twitter <laughs> using the hashtag. Ask so. Yeah. Be sure to please subscribe <laughs> to the show and leave a review if you haven't already. Special thanks to Jack. Special thanks to all of our sponsors for supporting today's show. And thanks to all of you. This is David Ramil signing off for now. <laughs>